All right. We have a absolutely special treat. It's always a treat when Becky pre preaches out here. So I'm just going to pray for her real quick before she begins. Because I feel she really has a powerful word for us today. Full of uh, love and wisdom and truth in it. So Father, we just thank you for Becky, Lord. And we just declare right now, Father, that your word will come forth through her with clarity. Lord, let it fall on hearts that are willing to hear, that are cultivated, just to hear things that are coming out of your mouth, Lord God. Let your words be in her, Father, as she speaks. Give her the grace to bring it forth with such tremendous power, Father. And I just say, Holy Spirit, just possess her and saturate her, that we'll all be affected by what she says in a glorious way. And we all say it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Woo, I've been getting blasted this morning. So have y'all been feeling the Holy Spirit on you this morning? It's good, isn't it? His presence is so good and so thankful to be in his house, so thankful for the church. Um, you know, I th when we dedicate babies, I think about that sometimes when we lose sight of why we do church, or why God has called us to be a body. He often reminds me it's from cradle to grave. That that's really what happens in this house is it's support, it's his spirit dwelling among us, and that we really are here for one another it's from the time these babies are born, you know, and those generations that follow until time that our time draws near at the end of our lives, our old lives. So I've been feeling this. I just want to say this if you're like 70 and above, I want you to stand up if you can. I've really been feeling the Lord's heart, yeah. I want you to stretch your hand toward these guys. Yeah. I mean, if you're near, I want you to stand up too. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm not putting you on the spot, but yeah. I just feel like, you know, the Lord really wants to give a lot of grace for, the, for this part of your journey. A lot of grace and a lot of favor and just uh, protection. So, Lord, we just right now... Lord, we lift these up before you. I'd like everybody to have somebody laying hands on them. I think John needs somebody back there if you'd put your hands on him. Yeah, there you go. Lord, we thank you, um, Lord, for our, our older generations, Lord, that are in this room. Lord, we're so grateful that many of these have run the race with such diligence, Lord. And I'm just asking you, Lord, as they journey on in you, Lord, that your grace, Lord, your mighty right hand will be upon them, Lord God. Lord, give them, keep giving them wisdom, increasing it, Lord. And let the generations under them listen, Lord. So we thank you for them. Lord, we bless them today with your pleasure, your favor, your grace, your mercy, your strength, Lord. They will continue running this race with mighty power and strength, Lord. Vitality, Lord. We just declare vitality and strength in their bodies, in their minds, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Yeah, good. It's good. So Byron's doing good down in Argentina. He's texting me. Um, just keep praying for the rain to stop down there. They just have a lot of flooding. And he didn't even get off the base for a few days, I think, just because it was just difficult. But um, they're having their meeting started Friday night, which continue praying for those. I think they had a really good meeting last night. The Lord really poured out his spirit. And we're just so grateful for the opportunity that the Lord gives us to go to the nations. It's really amazing that he continues to do that for us here and um, so anyway, if you don't know me, I know there have a lot of new faces. I am um, what they call the pastor's wife. <laughs> so pastor's not in today. So <laughs> um, <clears throat> I've been really, I was just, something the Lord's been speaking to me lately is um, really all year I've been on really my heart. You know, we've been through a lot around here. If you don't know this, that this church has really been through a lot of struggles. Uh, we've had a lot of adversity from really it started in 2009 all the way through 2012. We began to see the sun come out in 2013 and on into this year. But um, 
you know, the Lord really did a work in my heart during that season that is so deep that it just, he continues to really speak to me concerning all the things God does in and through us when we're going through these valleys. And, um, you know, really, if you, if you really study the scriptures, it's nothing new. Really, um, you, you see the children of Israel, all that they went through and, you know, the people of God, even in the New Testament. So it's just, you know, like Peter said, don't find it strange when you're in the midst of trials. Don't think that's a strange thing because it's just thing. We're just going to go through stuff. And, you know, people want to blame it on the devil. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying this. I want to get the good out of what is going on in that trial, no matter what's happening. I want to grab hold of what God is saying to me in the midst of it, the things I'm learning. And uh, so that's really been my journey for a year now. I've been preaching and teaching on this, preached on it in Argentina, preached on it in China. I stood up and preached a message in China, um, and it was really on suffering. And I was, you know, I didn't even, I, I was sitting there in front of a pastor and his wife, who the pastor had been in prison for two years. And I was, you know, when I got done by her, and I said, what do you think? He says, well, that was either God or you were crazy. So, <laughs> so, and I, yeah, I really didn't even think about that really, except that I felt like the Lord wanted me to share about our journey. And, uh, and I felt like it was God. And, and I feel like uh, Jack emailed me and said, they really were blessed by that message. So I feel like the Lord is doing a lot in me and for which I'm grateful. Um, so I continue to share with you guys and really to many people in the nations, the Lord really wants us to know that we have a hope in God. No matter what we're going through, there is a hope, there's a calling, there's a destiny, and it will not be. God's going to have his way. No matter what we're facing, God's going to have his way. At the end of the day, all the promises are going to come to pass. It may be delayed, but though it's delayed, it's coming. He spoke to us and said, you know, there's a vision. You know, write it down. Though it's delayed, it will surely come to pass. And I'm just going to say that to you this morning, that all that God has promised us will come to pass. It may be delayed, but it's coming. We're in the season of really seeing it coming. And I want to encourage you with that. But this scripture, 1 Peter 6 and 7, has been uh, pretty powerful to me. Um, it says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, you got that, the gen your faith is much more precious than gold that perishes. Though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so we see when we're going through these trials and these testing that we're really being, our faith is being purified. And, um, and we always need to keep that before us, no matter what we're facing in life. To always remember that we're in a season, there's always going to be tests. We can get out of one seasons of them, but we will later in life get into another season of testing. But if we can just keep our eyes on the fact that we're being purified, our faith is being tested. And uh, right now, I think that that song, Oceans, is so prophetic that he's teaching us to stand on the shores and keep our eyes above the waves, that he's calling us out to confidence he's really calling us into greatness into destiny but he's our faith is being tested so we can get there but um second corinthians 1 9 this is really what i want to talk about this morning i've i've taught a lot about things that the lord is doing in us through us um but second corinthians 1 9 did i yeah yes paul's talking about his testing we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. And I want to read that in the Amplified. It says, indeed, we felt within ourselves that we had re received the very sentence of death. 
But this was to keep us from trusting in and dependent upon ourselves instead of God who raises the dead. And so I want to just say to you this morning that one of the major things that's going down in the midst of trials, even the big ones, even in the small ones, the daily trials of life, is really God is trying to teach us to rely on him. That we are utterly dependent upon God for everything. Everything. And it, and so we see Paul going through these things, and it was teaching him the very same thing, that we would not rely upon ourselves. Now, I want to say why that is so key. I want to give you, um, let me give you another great verse, okay? First Peter 4, and don't, I didn't give you to put this up, Jonathan, because I just want to read it out of the message that you wouldn't be able to follow it, but you can write it down for a reference. It's First uh, Peter four twelve through 17. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. Think of your suffering as a weaning from the old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. It's a major theme of why we go through trials. It's really the breaking off of self. The breaking off of me. You know, and I thought about this. It's 4th of July weekend, and it's about freedom and our independence. Well, you know, I believe our nation, it was, you know, we were, we were wanting our independence, but our independence was so that we could be free to be dependent upon God. It wasn't to be an independent people. That was the real issue. But i here to say this morning, the only way we really find real freedom is this, to be free of me. I've got to get free of me in order to have real freedom. Because the more of me, the less freedom I have. I'm really in bondage when it's all about me. It's just bondage. And the more I get free of self-centeredness and self-focus, Self-sufficiency, self all of that stuff, the, the free, more free I become. The more I'm utterly dependent upon the Lord himself. I'm, that's, my, that's my freedom because it's not about me anymore. So it's one thing. It really is very helpful every time we face something that's just hard. You know, every time. Say, okay, Lord, this is just an opportunity for me to rely on you and not me and to break that self-dependence. And so, you know, man, when he fell in the garden, this is really what he fell into. And I've said this a million times. It's, it's really what we're up against. So man fell in the garden when he was tempted by Satan, Satan to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Really what he did was fell in to instead of god dependence self dependence he fell into self and that's really our whole issue here if i i mean i've just been really thinking about this this morning i mean this whole few weeks just just thinking about the more i can get loose of this thing that fall, you will never get completely free because paul described it as a dead body i'm carrying around who will free me, okay, from this body of death? And in the Greek, that really literally looked like a dead body strapped on. But it doesn't mean that we can't get free in measure and keep going after the freedom of being free of self and self-centeredness, self-focus, all of those things that really bind us up. And so what happened to man when he partook of something other than God, the source of all life, God himself, he started eating from another tree. And that tree was meant to really destroy him because it was really about self. It was just about self, self-effort, self-dependency, self-consciousness, self-centeredness. 
thank the Lord for our trials. Just thank him for them because this is really what he's coming to do is to break us loose from them. We, we have great. God's given us grace to get free. But sometimes he uses trials to give us a little help. He does. <laughs> you know, the self-life really is the root of, of all of it, of the sin life. We, we focus so much on sin about, you know, all the sins we could list. But really, the root of it all is me, self. And so, um, you know, I'm just... I'm just really been, you know, thanking God often. I, after what we've been through here, I'm really grateful because I feel like in my heart something got broken about me. And I feel like a new person, really. And you wouldn't think that. But God is such a good daddy. And I'm not, I've, I've told you all this, too. I don't go back and say, who calls it? God calls it. Devil calls it. I don't really go there because I don't know. But I do know this, the Lord's working in me and my trial, just, just as I said before with the scripture, it's so good. So the wonderful thing about, the, about grace is this, is God's unmerited favor. When Jesus died on the cross, he poured out his blood, covered the self thing, covered the sin life, and he released grace, which is an unmerited favor. It means it's not, up, it's not about me. It's not about what I can produce. Okay, so I love, to, I love to remind people that grace puts the axe to the self-life. Because suddenly we go back to being God-centered on what he can do rather than what I can do. Because I have a power at work working through me, and it's grace. It's grace-empowered holiness. And I want to give you Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that is not of yourself, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So, I'm going to read it in Amplified, for it's the free grace, God's unmerited favor that you were saved. You're delivered from judgment, made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of you of yourselves. It's not of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. So right there, the grace that God has given us sets the axe to the self-life. Because suddenly we stop depending on me and we begin depending on God utterly, completely. Is that not good news? Isn't that just the most wonderful news? And I don't think we could ever preach grace enough. I know you've heard me preach on it, but some have not. And I just say we always need to be reminded because we're dealing in a body of flesh that is always prone to go back to self. That's, that, that's your flesh. That's what you're dealing with. You're not really dealing with trying to battle sin. You're really battling yourself. So it's, we always need to be reminded of what grace has really accomplished for us. And I know there's a lot out there these days about hyper-grace. And I believe, I mean, I, I've not read any of the books, but I'm just here to say you, if you have a real grace revelation, it is not a revelation that gives you freedom to sin. It gives you power over sin because you have a power at work in you. And so I'm saying somebody's really believing that I, I believe, I don't know about hypergrace, but I believe in hypergrace. I believe that hypergrace in me works. It works. Grace works. Someone with a grace revelation, a real grace revelation, will live a much holier life than somebody trying to live by a set of rules. On their own strength, focused on how good they are and how well they're keeping the list and how well they're keeping the rules. Because that's flesh. It's all about me, what I can do, what I can accomplish. And that is really not what the Bible teaches. That is not the gospel of grace according to what Paul poured out in every one of his epistles. It's the whole message of the cross is grace living in through me, putting the acts to the self-life. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Amen. We need to be reminded of this daily. Philippians 4.13. Did I give you that one? If I, I, I can't remember what I gave you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now I'm going to read it in the Amplified. I'm an Amplified girl. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him. Now listen to this. Who infuses inner strength to me. Listen to this. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. That's what I'm talking about this morning. I'm self-sufficient, but only in Christ's sufficiency. Did you know the Bible teaches that we don't have a righteousness of our own? We don't even have one of our own. I've been given the righteousness of Christ. I have been given a righteousness. I'm not trying to get to it. It's already there. The day I asked Jesus into my life, there was a substituted righteousness that came in. And as we learn, this is what we're really learning is to allow that power that is at work in us to just flow. Just let it be. Acts to the self-life. We're just putting the acts to the self-life. Glory. 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 You know, that's why we worship. I I don't worship him because I'm supposed to. I worship now because it is truly about he is everything. He his really is all the power, all the glory forever and ever. Amen. It is not about me. It is all about him. All. It is all about him. Oh, glory. That's why glory to the lamb who was slain. And they cry night and day, holy to the lamb of God. Night and day, because it's all about him. He came and gave the answer for me. There's an answer for me. Thank you, Lord. And I just, I'm so happy about it. That's why I dance, that's why I sing. Because I, as we all know, have been under the burden and weight of sin. We've been under the burden and weight of me. And through the power of Christ within us, we've been given such a powerful gift, a gift of righteousness, a gift. Now, I believe what the hyper-grace message may be teaching is this, that people just think, oh, well, I'm saved, just go live. It's really not true. Because if we really are connected to the power source, we're going to be doing some stuff. And because, you know, it was like Paul says, I'm constrained. to." He had a constraining in him to preach the gospel. So thank you, Lord. So this is it. So now, instead of living the me life, the self life, we now live the Christ life. And that's Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's just such a powerful. So we actually have been crucified. The old nature got crucified. Still living in a body of flesh. That's not going away until the grave. But the truth of the matter is, is I've been crucified. That nature that ruled me at one time has been done away with. 
And so now I've been crucified. That's the, really the whole key for us, is that's the dealing with self, is I've been crucified with Christ, self dealt with. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives his life through me. So this is how we live the Christian life. This is, this is the key to it. It's no longer I. Jesus just living his life through me. He's my power source. I just get up and say, I can't do this. It's not about me. I, I, I just can't even do anything. It's just everything about you, God. What is it you want to do? You're everything. You're Christ living your life through me. This is the Christ life. And you know what's so wonderful about it is, you know, when man fell in the garden and began to eat of the self-life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, self, about me, it's me. It's all about me. What I know, what I can do, what I can accomplish. That's really what happened, eating from that tree. But the tree of life, you know what the tree of life is? the cross. We eat from that tree. It's what he did, what he does. It's all about Jesus. So now we get to live the Christ life because of what he's done. We call it the exchange life. It's no longer I. We exchange. We have an exchange life. Thank you, Lord. So one thing that the Lord has really been speaking to me a lot about, too, is it's John 1, 4. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And I've really been just so burning with the fact that there is no other life in this world. Real life except Jesus. There's really not. We can't get life out of anything else. Nothing else. We try. There's wonderful things in life. There are our husbands and our wives and our parents, our family. There's... You know, there's lots of great things, but to really have life and have it abundantly, it only comes through Jesus. He is the source. He says, I am the truth, the life, and the way, and there's no other way to the Father. And I will say this. It's an odd thing for me is I've been walking with the Lord since I was nine years old, and this last season somehow fired me up in my faith. My face was being purified, and I just came out knowing this for some reason. I just came out just like burning with, you know, I think just because so many things were just, you know, I just could, everything was really a mess. I had nowhere to go to find a source. There was not a source for to be found, you know, during that time. And so I had to go and find some life somewhere, something that would sustain me. And it was Jesus himself. It was him, the bread of life. That I could eat him and find my life there. Because there really isn't life in anything else. Everything else is fading away. It will all fade away. But the only thing we have left standing at the end of the day is him. It's him. Thank you, Lord. Mm. This is a statement that I, I read by E. Stanley Jones. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> says this. Ooh, it's good. Wow. Everything which is transferred from the kingdom of self to the kingdom of God has life in it eternal life the cross of christ has paved the way to return to god as our source adam and eve had that before they fell god was their total source and so now in our life we have to take everything in our life everything and put it in him everything he's given us we have to take it and we hide it in him because if it's not in him, there will be no life in it. That's why relationships don't work. Because we try to get a life out of a relationship. That's why a lot of marriages fail. Trying to get something out of that person they can't give you. Children, parent, trying to get something out of those kids they can't give you. 
church, trying to get something out of church that can't give you. Because everything has to be taken and placed. Our dreams, our dreams have to be placed in life. To be in Christ is to live life according, love this, to the grain of the universe, not against it. Isn't that something? To be in Christ is really to live life according to the grain of the universe. He's our creator. Really, when we're outside of Christ, we're really going against the grain of the universe. Because he's God. In other words, there's, he's the cement that holds us together. He's the source of life. He's, he's the glue. He's the cement for my life. In him, life. Outside of him, no life. The created thing only has existence until it's placed in Christ by surrender. Then it has eternal life. That's why when we come to Jesus, it's the, you, ever, you remember when you came to Jesus, it's like the first time you felt like you're, you thought, it's, it's like I'm living for the first time. It's like I'm just living for the first time. And every time he brings us into greater levels of truth and you have those brand new salvations experience where he does major things, it's like I'm living for the first time. It's like the grace. Every time you get really get a hold of a new grace and how it's applying, you're like, oh, it's like I'm living for the first time. You know, it's really true because only things placed in him are life. Only that. So, but I just wanted to go. There was one thing that's really been, um, I wanted to give this to you. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such people turn away. And the thing I want to point out there to you is I just want to encourage you this morning that as time and history goes on and everything's culminating. See, if really the book of Ephesians says everything's going to culminate and sum up in Christ. Okay? That's what that book's about. Everything's, he talks a lot about grace and it's going to be, there's going to be the trophy will be grace. But there's also something else culminating in the world is self lovers of pleasure lovers of themselves and i really want to encourage us this morning that we be aware of what's around us because now you can't watch tv you can't go to the movies you can't do anything without seeing this at work and man and so we need to be careful what we're exposing ourselves to because we are in the battle of the flesh that is about self. And we have to be careful that, er that our motives don't become about being a lover of me. And falling into that same trap that Adam and Eve fell in in the day. So um, lovers of pleasure... The book of Revelations talks about this, that that's one of the big things that we're up against in the very last lovers of pleasure, immorality. You know what that is? Jezebel spirit, tolerating a Jezebel spirit. I, you see that, and that was to a church that Jesus, you've tolerated Jezebel. I believe the church today tolerates Jezebel. I, I do believe this is where that hyper-grace message may be right. Is somehow, I was thinking about this, we think because we have a grace revelation that we somehow have a responsibility to the world to act like them so that they all know that we're different. Does that make any sense? That goes on, you know. 
Think about it in the church today. There's a lot of that that goes on. Really, our different should be holy, holy living, because that's really what the Christ life is about, is him living his life through us. So I just wanted, um, you know, Peter also, Second Peter said this. By the way, I want to make mention of this verse before I move on. This, this says that um, denying the power, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. You know what I believe that is? That's denying the Holy Spirit. We can have Christianity in our life and have all the theology and keep all the rules, call ourselves Christians, but we've denied the power. We were never meant to live that way. We were, den- we were made and created to live as God is our source, plugged into a power source. That power source is grace, which is putting the axe to self. And I believe that's what that's talking about there. We've denied the very thing that Jesus died on the cross to give us is power. Power. Second Peter 3, 3 says, Knowing this, the scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust. And I was also feeling like, you know, we need to remember this. Basic sin. We need to remind ourselves as believers that basic sin, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, all of that is about me. That's what I get from me. Sometimes we forget the very basics of our faith, and we need to know that we're up against these things. We're up against these things in the world as time culminates. We're up against this. So I just want to uh, remind us, this is so we've been through a journey. I believe one thing that the Lord has been allowing to help us in our difficulties, our trial, is the breaking off of self. Okay, breaking off me so that we can learn to live by him for everything that we need. And Bob Jones gave us a word back before all of this happened. He's a prophetic man. He came to this church and he said, I saw you coming up out of the wilderness. Okay? And and he said, the eye of the Lord was upon you. And I know that 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 scripture is out of the Song of Solomon. It's the journey of the bride, Song of Solomon. She has been through a long journey going after the Lord. And at the very end, she's coming up out of the wilderness. She's leaning on her beloved. Do you see that? So really, I want to say this, guys. The Lord really wants us leaning on him. I've been... I don't know if y'all know that song, learning to lean, I'm learning to lean, learning to lean on Jesus. Y'all know that? It's an old gospel tune. And I believe that is really, y'all don't know it, do you? Oh, sorry. Sorry, I believe that's really what the Lord has called this church to do. And through everything we've been through, that really he's... We thought everything was for our, 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 you know, for a terrible thing. But in the midst of it, God has brought us out of the wilderness. And the eye of the Lord is on us. We're leaning on him. We're trusting him. We really know that he's our source. He's, he's breaking off this whole self-willed thing that wants to keep controlling, you know, us, which we don't have to because we have power and and I just want to encourage you with that, that one of the scriptures um, I wanted to give you, and you know, it's surrender. It's really a life of surrender to him. It's really the only way we'll ever live this life is by surrendering to that power source. And um, this is, I love this. I, the Lord actually gave me a word this week. He called, he said, love Jordan. Love Jordan. And I really realized that what he was saying to me is the children of Israel had a long journey and they had to cross over the Jordan to get to their destiny. 
and he was saying to me you've got to love these things because here's what deuteronomy says for you are about to cross the jordan to go in to possess that land that the lord your god has given you and you shall possess it well here's what i believe he's saying we cannot possess our land until self is dealt with until we come through this journeys and wilderness we're leaning we know our power source we cannot ever go into that destiny we can't cross that jordan and we need to learn to love jordan we need to learn to love it for what it's trying to do in and through us and then this scripture here i just philippians 3 8 through 12 i love this it says but indeed you don't have this i'm going to read it i count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of christ jesus my lord for whom i have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that i may gain christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own which is which is from the law me what i can do but it's through faith in christ the righteousness that is from god by faith and that i may know him in the power of his resurrection holy spirit spirit living through me and the fellowship of his sufferings being transformed to death by and if by any means i attain to the resurrection from the dead if i get there not that i've already attained are already perfected but i press on that i may lay hold of that for which christ jesus has laid hold of me brethren i do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing i do forgetting those things that are behind i reach forward i reach forward to those things which are ahead i press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in christ jesus and um i just wanted to give you i'm going to stop but give you um mm, mm. So, <laughs> this verse is near and dear to me because um the first big testing i ever went through in my faith byron and i had lost our daughter grace's twin she's 30 she's 32 now and someone gave me this scripture about i count it all i I count indeed all these things for loss and it really gave me hope and um you know i was able to really press on and the lord gave us grace our daughter hannah joy is in heaven she's been there with him ever since she's in a wonderful beautiful place and you know and, and it was the first time my faith really got tested and you know and i just at that point there was something that came on in me where i knew that God was dealing with me. And and I this is crazy as it sounds to lose a child. I've always been grateful. I can't even explain that. I'm grateful for what it did for me and him. Because it changed the course of my life, which I don't know that I'd be standing here today. Because I was in preparation and didn't even know it. And um, you know, and then last week another example about God being our source is um when was it with my family all the girls none of them are here so maybe they won't listen but all of us went to the beach for a few days it was my daughter and two daughter-in-laws they are she's here well she's okay she wasn't in it she wasn't involved <laughs> but um we were there with all the kids you know it's stressful you know we were driving to the beach trying to get everything over to the beach and back it you know i worked the whole time it was not a vacation i was the one with you know the meanie but um but you know typical things can flare up and i get caught in the crossfire of it all with my family it's just crazy do you anybody know what i'm talking about anybody anywhere so i know i felt bad about that but dotty smith told me that great dotty smith he preached here a couple of years ago when their kids go to the beach they can't even stay in the same house they get three different condos so but anyway i was just having a rough moment a couple of times and i said to myself did somebody go in or out i said i was wondering if we had a visitor but um i said to myself i reminded myself god you're my source i can't fix this 
you know, my heart hurts, I'm crying. And I kid you not, I had to walk back to the beach to, lo- to find flip-flops I'd lost in the middle of the dilemma I was in. And I was walking across, and I kid you not, my iPod started playing on its own. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me the wisdom. Know just what to do. I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my shield. I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever all my days, I will love you, God. You know, and that's just what I wanted to give you. The Lord, every moment, every hour wants to be our everything. It doesn't matter. He hears us. He knows. Now, I lost my flip-flops here in the ocean. The tide came in. But, but, I'll go get me some new ones. I might, I might get a good deal on them. <laughs> They're going to be marked down and on sale. Because they were new. That was what was hard on me. But I just thought, Lord, how wonderful. And then driving home from the beach, we were driving through the country and still just in dilemma about some things. And it was none of my Christian CDs would work. They were all, they were somebody had made them for me and they would just kick them out. And I had this one CD by Patty Griffith. She's a blues country that my neighbor gave me um, across the street and it was a lot of gospels and I was riding through the back country and a lot of my roots are in that back country, like where my family was raised. This is emotional. But I was just for a solid hour hearing those hymns and hearing those old gospels. Like never grow old. Never grow old. Never grow old in a land where we'll never grow old. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, just things, and the Lord was just like ministering to my heart. And I just knew at that moment, guys, he's God. He's got this stuff. He's our source. But, you know, that's what he wants to be. You know, we don't have to be fixers. We don't have to fix everything. We can just rest in him and allow these things to drive us to him because he really wants to be there for us. And and be our everything. So let's just stand up. Thank you, Lord. God's good, isn't he? He's so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody like root beer in here? Wow. I'm just getting that word. That's weird. Root beer. Wow. Well, you know... That beer comes from root. And God is our root. So we need to learn to love root beer. <laughs> Were you smelling root beer? Wow. Is anybody? Whew, that's really powerful. That's amazing, isn't it? So, Lord, we look to you. We won't be overwhelmed. Give us vision to see things like you do. And I just want to call the ministry team up. I, I just, I know there's people in this morning, this here this morning that really are overwhelmed. And the Lord wants to do the same thing for you that He does for, for me, that He does for everybody. He wants to be there for you. Mm. You know, I, I think, you know, the Lord, He wants to put us on this, concourse for every time we're sitting on a on a place where we feel overwhelmed he gives us the ability to soar to take off and not be held down and it all comes by letting go of me Just let go of me me doesn't work anyway me does not work But praise God it doesn't. (laughs) Praise the Lord.
Because then if it's up to me, then I'm just, well, I'm going to be stressed all the time. <laughs> just be full of stress and anxiety and worry and fear. And woo, we could just let go. So come on up. I, you know, I just want to say this to you guys. He loves you. He loves you. He really loves you. Wants to be there for you. He he wants. You know, he told Israel, you turn away from me. I've just wanted to be a father. I've wanted to be a husband to you. I wanted to be your supply of your needs. And Israel kept turning away to their own thing. So I just, this morning, Lord, we just say we want to repent from turning to ourselves. Lord, we just say we want to look to you. We want to always let you be our source, be our vision, Lord. Mm, Thank you, Lord. If you need prayer, come on up. Come on up. Yeah, and people that need to get saved, the exchange life. Oh, it's good. I'm telling you what. Woo! Good. Jesus is the best thing going. He is the best thing going. And those of you who feel like you need a real revelation of the exchange life, come up and get prayer. Oh, new day. It's like getting saved again. It is really like getting saved again. When you know it's not about you, it's about him. Thank you, Lord, the abundant life. Just come on up and put everything, everything that you're going through, put it in that life. Hide it in the life of God. We love you. You can be dismissed. Be blessed. Don't worry about anything because every little thing is going to be all right. Thank you, Lord.